And um, so just pray for me for utterance um, today. All right? Let's make a declaration over our Bibles. Those of you who are new, we like to take our Bibles in our hands and make declarations. You can do it with your iPad or your, or your phone, your tablet, whatever you need to do. In this church, I just, I'm old school. I'm, I'm a dinosaur. So I like Bibles. I like something you can put your hand on and touch and smell and mark in and draw in and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, so I know I'm not an internet preacher. Praise the Lord. I like, I like this stuff here. All right, so let's declare. Ready? Go. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, infallible, immutable word of God. I long for it more than my necessary food. I love it, and I am never offended. I live by it, and I prosper in whatever I do. The word that I'm about to receive will sanctify me, build me up, and give me an inheritance among the saints in Jesus' name. Did you catch that? He said, it'll sanctify you, which means set you apart and build you up. Make you strong against anything. It's in Jesus' name. All right, now open those same Bibles to the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings. If you're not familiar with 1 Kings, it's right before 2 Kings. It's right after 2 Kings. Or right after 2 Samuel, rather. I'm trying to be funny, I messed up. All right, so 1 Kings chapter 17. Um, for time's sake, I'll read just one verse so I'll have more time to deal with other things, all right? Verse 14. Verse 14, you got it? All right, let's read together. Ready, read. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, for context's sake, to help me, go to chapter 18. Let me give you another verse here. And I want to read two verses out of that, 21 and 24. 21 and 24. You have it? Yes, sir. Okay, let's read together. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But of Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. So they didn't answer him that time. Verse 24. Then you shall call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. It is well spoken. All right. Today I want to talk in this subject, and I want you to pray with me about it, is preparing for a showdown. Preparing for a showdown. All right, you can take your seats. Preparing for a showdown. Hallelujah. Now, I never want you to underestimate the power or the value of being in a prophetic ministry. In, in perilous times like we live in, we should be very, very thankful, Devin, that we are in an apostolic and prophetic house. And so many people across the nation and throughout the world don't have the privilege 
of being in a prophetic house or an apostolic house. By apostolic, I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about uh, where you're under apostolic covering and you have an apostolic uh, insight to the things of God. Uh, in a prophetic house, I'm talking about where you, uh, your leaders and thus the people who are connected to the leaders uh, have prophetic insight to the things of God. You should never, ever underestimate or devalue that. I gave you a scripture uh, last year, Hosea 12, verse 13, where it says, By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet, he was preserved. He was preserved. So by a prophet, the Lord brought them out, and that's wonderful. We, we were celebrating about, you know, come out of debt and come out of whatever kind of things, but the Lord brings you out of a lot of things by the mouth of a prophet. But the part of, that I wanted you to see, the second part is that by a prophet, he was preserved. For him to be he, this Israel, all of, all of the Israelites, the nation, being preserved means that they were kept from whatever was going on around them. They were guarded from downfall because they were under prophetic watch. You got it? Now, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, I want you to see the value of the, prof of the prophetic ministry. It says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to all men or to men. That's, it's contrasting those who just speak in tongues, and we speak in tongues, I said, we speak in tongues. Nothing wrong with speaking in tongues. You definitely want to be speaking in tongues. You want to be definitely praying and speaking the mysteries of God. But it says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, which is building up. How many of us need to be built up right now? How many of you figure that all the body of Christ needs to be built up right now? And you know, most of the body of Christ is not under prophetic watch. They don't even believe in prophecy for today. <laughs> they've, they've canceled it out. I'm not talking about canceling church. I'm talking about canceling our prophecy long before any kind of virus. I'm talking, you follow what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's for yesteryear. That's long gone. That, that in the book of Acts. But he who prophesies speaks edification, then exhortation. Exhortation is pushing on. It's, it's to tell you, hey, do this. Then it says, and comfort. Comfort is to, is to strengthen you and give direction. So we need Holy Ghost direction now. Praise the Lord. But prophets, when we speak, we never fully know or understand what we're saying or what lies ahead. I want you to understand about prophets when they speak. That prophets speak what they can hear and perceive. But prophets never know fully even what they're saying. They never know fully even what's ahead. And I'll give you a scripture of that over in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9, says, For we know in part, and we prophesy, come on, in part. So when the prophets speak, a prophetic voice speaks, they're speaking only in part, because we only know in part. In other words, God doesn't reveal everything. He doesn't reveal everything. 
The Bible talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit, which are also been canceled in most churches. The nine gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> we worry about canceling church. People, church has already canceled the church. Most churches already canceled what the church really does. Decades ago. You follow what I'm saying? So, but the gifts of the Spirit, nine gifts of the Spirit, you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man for the profit of all. Uh, chapter 12, verse 7, goes on to talk about those things. And then it talks about uh, there's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, there's tongues, interpretation of tongues, and there's prophecy, then there's faith, and there's the gifts of healings and the, work, and the working of miracles, all nine gifts of the Spirit. I didn't, I didn't give them to you in order, so don't be trying to rate me. I'll just name what they all are. I broke them down into their categories, okay? So, so there's nine gifts. And it says, uh, the, the first two that I mentioned to you, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, which means that you get, it's an instruction or information, but it's not totally revealed to the one who gives it. Now, I'm setting you up to show you something here. So when you hear, even when you get a prophetic word, it's incumbent upon the hearer, the receiver, to go back to the Father all right, Father, show me fully what you're telling me. Somebody gave me a word, okay? You can't just run on that word. You got to go back, <laughs> spend time with the Father. Lord, show me fully what you're saying. They gave me a word, but to, to move, I need a paragraph. I need, you know what I'm saying? I need, I, need, I need full instructions, Lord. You follow what I'm saying to you? Now, let me just pause here for station identification. This is Exceeding Grace Christian Center. Those of you who are watching by internet, put your cell phone down, put the chicken down, put all the other stuff down. You got to listen and pay attention to what I'm saying to you. You can't be, I, I found that, I've tried. I'm, 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 I'm watching preachers all over the place right now on TV, uh, on the internet and stuff. And it's, when you got your cell phone in your hand, you just, it's always something. Your, your email alert or your text alert, something's going to divert your attention. Or you can walk into the kitchen and get you a piece of chicken or something like that. It's all kind of stuff. So you really have to focus hard when you're at home. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So those who are at home, especially Exceeding Grace Christian Center members, make sure you are focusing in tightly on what I'm saying to you, okay? Now, so when you get a word, a prophetic word, you got to go back and dig it out. Okay, now, so we know in part and we prophesy in part. All right, so I want to remind you of something here. It was precisely 15 weeks ago today precisely 15 weeks ago today, the Lord woke me up. And he woke me up with these three words, bin of flour. Most of y'all don't even remember what I'm talking about. He woke me up speaking these three words, had me speak them, bin of flour. Now, if you're not familiar with bin of flour, we just read over in 1 Kings 17, verse 14, about the bin of flour should not be used up. So when I heard that, at least, when I first heard bin of flour, I said, praise the Lord, all right, I'm going to speak that. I'm a prophet. I hear God. I'm going to speak that. That's for my church. It's for my family. It's for my life. And at that day, it was December 22nd, 2019. It's three days before Christmas, Barbara. So three days before Christmas, I come out. Y'all remember I came out that Sunday? Hey, don't worry about Christmas season. This bin of flour is not going to be used up. You're going to be able to spend it, and you're going to have money left over, and blah, 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 blah. You're a single mama. You're a single dad. You, you, you're a widow, whatever. Don't worry about all your money running out. God's going to take care of you because I know in part. So I prophesied, TJ, in part. 
So I'm sitting there yesterday morning, and I'm getting ready to go into day two of my preparation, my message today, and the Holy Ghost stops me. Remember 15 weeks ago? Bit of flour? Did you think I was just talking about Christmas? And it hit me like a ton of bricks, Minister Stafford. Oh my God. That's why you spoke Ben of Flower. See, I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know that precisely uh, 90 days later, we'd be in a perceived famine. I didn't know that we'd be in a place where the prophetic voices are shut down or they have to find out how they're going to make it themselves. I got, a, I, I got an email from one, one uh, nationally in, uh, known uh, man of God uh, here. And uh, praise, I got to fix that. That's new carpet, y'all. Praise the Lord. Come on, give God a praise. Brand new carpet just got in here this morning. And we don't owe anybody a dime for it. Amen, amen, amen. They just put in here, what's that? When they just saw that, Tuesday? Tuesday and Wednesday, praise the Lord. Anyway, and he's talking about how, how uh, you know, because all of our, this is a, he, he said all of our uh, engagements have been shut down, and you know that's going to adversely affect our personal income. I said, man of God. No, you didn't. No, you did not say out of your pen that it's going to adversely affect you. Yeah, I'm thinking, I thought, I thought you are living by faith. No, you live, yeah, you're living by engagement. See, I didn't know. See, this is where Elijah is. When he said, been a flower, I just, I'm thinking small. I'm not, I don't, I don't perceive that there's a virus about to hit this planet. In fact, by the time he, he said it to me, December 22nd, it was already on the planet. Already moving throughout places we, we hadn't heard about it. The CDC knew about it. The Center for Disease Control knew about it last year. They had already, already started pulling in people to work and to prep and work for what was about to hit America. They just didn't tell all of us. They knew about it. We didn't know. And it wouldn't be so bad because the virus itself, the, the, the speculation wasn't as bad as, as what they speculate for the, for the flu. But we didn't know that the governments of man would freak out and shut everything down. And now all of a sudden, jobs are being lost and industry is being shut down and things like that are happening that's going to cause this famine. Bin of flour. Is it coming back to you now? Yeah. <laughs> been a flower oh Lord thank you you were telling us something then 
you were preparing us then because he was not unaware. He was not ignorant. God's not surprised about what's happening. It's just it caught us off guard. But thank God for he, that he had already given us a word, been a flower. <laughs> so you and I know we don't have any reason to fear during this time whatsoever. Because Father God has already set us up prepared something ahead of time for his people. Thank you, Lord. All right, now, in Amos 3, 7, the Bible says the Lord does nothing unless he reveals it, his secret to his servants, the prophets. So it says God does nothing. The Lord God does nothing. Now, the Lord God is not behind coronavirus. He's not doing this, but he is doing something. <laughs> That's good right there. He's not doing this, what we see, but he is doing something. And you and I, what we have to do is make sure we don't focus our eyes, all of our attention on what the devil is doing and get our eyes back on what the Lord is doing. When the psalmist said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, the implication is don't look at the enemies, child of God. Look at the table. So while the enemy is doing something, God is doing something too. And what the enemy is doing is trying to deter us and distract us from what God already said he was doing. He had already said this is the year of vision manifestation. So the devil's trying to get our vision off of God's vision and put our vision on what he's doing so we lose sight of what God said he's doing. But I'm not going to let that happen. And if you hang on tight to us, I'm not going to let you do that either. I'm going to keep reminding you this is your year for God's vision manifestation. This is your year to be right on the front lines of what God is doing in this world. You and I are not meant to be online. We are meant to be front line. We're not to be just streaming. We're meant to be a stream of praise and a stream, a stream of, uh, of, of the goodness of God into this earth. The Bible says there is a river whose streams thereof make glad the city of God. We're supposed to be streaming and making glad the city of God. That's the only stream that we're bound to. See, because we're in, a, we're in God reminded me of this yesterday. He said, I, said, I told you it's my time. It's my time. Haven't I been telling you all that? God says, it's my time. Not my, Jonathan. My God. It's God's time. So, the, you know, the devil, remember when Jesus in, in Mark 9 and Matthew 17, there was that, little, that man brought his little son to be healed. His son was vexed of a devil, and the disciples couldn't cast him out. All right? And Jesus finally, when he got to, to him, Jesus uh, spoke to that demon, told him to come out, and all of a sudden the boy began to convulse worse than ever. He had been convulsing. He had been acting, acting out. But when Jesus cast the devil out, the devil began to act worse than ever. Till he fell as dead. So when, when the devil knows he has but a short time. So in the time that he's being put to flight, he's got to act worse than he ever has acted. And show out more than he's ever shown out. But he's still got to come out of this thing here. 
It's still God's time. I said it's still God's time. Tell your neighbor, it's still God's time. And if you're on God's side, then it's your time. You got it? Now listen to me. Listen to me. It's God's time and it's our time. But with that, there's going to come a showdown. Nobody got excited about that. Years ago, Apostle Derber prophesied about a showdown between the true prophetic voices and the false voices. Uh, he had said this showdown was coming very soon. Remember him, I remember him saying this all the way back to about 2015 about a showdown coming. And a showdown, those of y'all know sports, you know, you, you had your regular boxing matches, Deacon Gershom. But then you had uh, Ali Frazier. You understand? You had Ali Foreman. You know what I'm saying? You had Ali uh, Spinks. Leon and uh, what's his brother? He had a Leon. No, that's Tommy Hearns. Michael Spinks. Somebody said it. Michael Spinks. You had, some of y'all think, can't think that far. Let's go back to Tyson. Mike Tyson. Buster Douglas. What's the boys over uh, from England? Uh, Lin, uh, Lin, Lennox Lewis. He had all kind of fights. But there was, there was showdowns that you look for. There are football teams who play all the time, but when Florida State plays uh, University of Florida or Miami, you, they, they, the hype is different for that. It's, you, am I right about it? Am I right about it? It's, 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 because you like this is showdown, especially, especially if both teams are good at the same time. It's, it's been kind of iffy the last 10 so years that you might have one team half good, other team ain't nothing, whatever, back and forth. But in those years back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, when both teams were at their height, both teams would be in the top 10 NCAA, you, you, you'd have a showdown. And a showdown, when, when those players knew that this Saturday was going to be a showdown, their practice was different. Come on. If, when Miami knew they were going to play uh, FAMU, right? Miami's going to play Florida a and I mean, You know, they do that. It's, it's a money game for the, for the summer, right? You know, Florida State, they're going to play Appalachia State. You know what I'm saying? This is is there's there's no there's no there's these kind of these guys are just all right. Come on, let's just go through the motion. Let's go. This, we we gonna beat these guys just on sure numbers. You know what I'm saying? Just all right. But when they know this weekend we're playing our rival, the whole atmosphere changes. Everybody's attitude changes. You you shift you. It's different when Lakewood was playing Largo or Lakewood was playing Gibbs. It's, it's different. You follow what I'm saying? It's when it's your rival, I'm trying to bring it down a level, everybody understand it. When it's your rival, your whole attitude, your preparation changes. And so we are being 
whether the church understands it or not, prepared for a showdown. And I'm, I'm concerned that much of the church, if not most of the church, is already showing how ill-prepared we are. But it's coming either way. I said it's coming either way. And you and I, individually, we all face our showdowns from time to time. Anybody ever had a showdown with the devil? Come on, anything, anything ever happened where the devil just put it on you, he brought you something that was like, whoa, it was a showdown time. And depending on how you were prepared for it, would tell, would, would tell how you would fare through it. And if you're not prepared, you're not going to fare well. But if you prepared, if you've practiced, if you've gotten yourself in order, if you've gotten yourself strengthened, gotten yourself built up, then when the showdown comes, whenever it comes, on a Thursday, on a Tuesday, on a Sunday, on a Friday, 2025, whenever it comes, you're ready. You're going down today, boy. <laughs> now, he said it's coming very soon. Now, I want you to turn to 1 Kings 18. Just to, I want you to get a preview of the showdown, what, what it looks like. Pastor, what is it going to look like? 1 Kings 18, 21, said that Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you fall between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not. Then verse 24, we read it. Then you call on the name of, the, of your gods, your gods, more than one, and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So the people answered and said it is well spoken. So in other words, the showdown is meant to prove who is the real God. And I'm telling you in America, America has lost sight of who the real God is. This nation that was supposedly built on uh, us having religious and freedom and liberty to worship the only true living God, now we've kind of forgotten who that God is. And we're saying God we trust is on our dollars and we still pledge allegiance to the, to the flag, you know, of the United States, America, and to the Republic, which is in one nation under God with uh, liberty and justice for all. But somehow we've lost sight of who that God is and we open our borders and open our, our gates and let all kinds of gods in. So now there are all kinds of gods who are running America. But God is going to make sure before this thing is over, everybody knows who the real God is. <laughs> now, I want you to see something here in 1 Kings 18. Because they're in, in 1 Kings 18, they're still in a famine. You know, we read first, first Kings 17, this drought hits and a famine hits. So they're in a famine in chapter 18. And God said, I'm going to send some rain on the earth, but the rain hasn't come yet. God sends Elijah to go talk to Ahab, the king. Okay? Now, look at verse 17. Verse 17 said, then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to the church, is that you, O troubler, 
of America, of the world? <laughs> Is that you, old troubler? In other words, Ahab was blaming Elijah for their problems. One of the things that happens through time before there is a um, genocide or massacre of people is governments and media must place blame on that party. When, when the Jews went through the Holocaust, the propaganda, pro, the propaganda placed blame on the Jews for the problems in Europe and throughout the world. So we got to shut them down. So Ahab blamed Elijah for, it, for Israel and Samaria for all their, for their condition. It's your fault. Are you the one who troubles Israel? <laughs> but then verse 18. Watch this, Miss Hattie. And he answered. It ain't my fault. <laughs> I've not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now, I, I want, want you to get this. I'm going to ask the media to switch to the uh, Message Bible. I want to read verse 17 and 18 in the Message Bible. I want you to see this, what it says here. Give me a Message Bible, 1 Kings uh, 18, verse 17 and 18. In the Message Bible, let's see if we can get that. I want you because it's interesting the way, you know, messages is funny how it puts things. Praise the Lord! All right, we got it. First Kings 18, 17 and 18. Glory to God. I need I need a backup phone or something. Praise God. All right. Yeah, this 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 software is is wonky. We got it. You said there we go. No. Oh, you got it. Okay. We got to make this bigger. For me. <laughs> First Kings 18. I'm looking for 17. Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't see it. All right. Verse 17 says, 17 through 19, it lumps it. The moment Ahab saw Elijah, he said, so it's you, old troublemaker. It's not I, this is the response. It's not I who has caused trouble in Israel, said Elijah, but you and your government. But you, listen America, but you and your government I wish I had some more saints here today. What's wrong with the world? Why has it affected America? Because you and your government, you've dumped God's ways. You have restricted the church and legalized sin. You have 
You have almost banished morality and you've blasted and, and made, made a grand immorality. Are you saying God's orders to America? No. No, no, no. The curse is out there. The curse is just out there. See, the good thing about, about God is that the curse is out there, but when you're following God's ways, he covers you from it. He keeps you from it. But if you put him out of your school, if you put him out of school, Barbara, then he can't protect your school. That's why you got to cover your kids when they go to school. You put them out of City Hall. Come pray, but don't, don't mention Jesus. You put them out. Then he can't cover your city. Oh, you follow me? So you and your government, you've dumped God's ways and commands and run off after the local gods, the Baals, the Baals. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want you to see this here. He said, your problem is you've been worshiping at the temples of Baals, the altars of Baals. Baals are false gods. In fact, why don't you look back, media, go back to 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Kings 16, you can go back to New King James. I don't need to message anymore. Y'all got the whole thing about the government? New King James. 1 Kings 16, verse 33. I want you to see this. Remember we talking about Ahab and you and your government. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So Abel, or Ahab is a very evil man. Now, one of the problems for, a for Ahab is he married a lady named Jezebel. I'll get to Jezebel in a minute. So Ahab came from a, from a line that was wishy-washy, but when he joined forces with Jezebel, who was a heathen from, from uh, uh, somewhere else, <laughs> a heathen, I mean an absolute heathen, an absolute idol worshiper, she influenced him. It's the same thing that happened. Remember when Solomon, uh, uh, God called Solomon, uh, God, he was going to be the king, and now Solomon, God said, hey, now be careful. Don't go marry all them other people now. And what did he do? He went and married all them other women. Boom, and tore his whole kingdom up. The, women, and what, the problem wasn't the fact, watch this now, this is 2020. I'm just talking about back then. The problem wasn't that he had more than one wife. The problem was he married idol worshipers. In that time, it was fine. Wives and concubines, praise the Lord. <laughs> In that time. <laughs> uh, like a thousand, wasn't it? 300 wives, 700 concubines, something like that. Or 700 wives, 300 concubines. I don't know, that's, I don't know how you do that. But the, pro the problem was they were idol worshipers. And it pulled Solomon into idolatry. So back in 1 Kings 16, Ahab made a wooden image to Asherah, okay? And Ahab did more to provoke God, the Lord God of Israel, to anger than all the rest before him. So Asherah and Baal, these gods 
they were, the, they, were, they were the main two gods they were worshiping. When I say gods, lowercase, G-O-D-S. God and goddess. Asherah was a goddess. They were worshiping these false gods. And so, you go back to 18, and 18 and verse 18, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your government, in that you've forsaken the ways or the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. So you begin to promote everything but worship of God. You stop keeping the Sabbath holy. You begin to, and we'll, I'll show you this about Jezebel, begin to promote immorality. It's a steep, slippery slope. And what happens is you start building these all, all these other uh, temples and altars to other gods. You forsake God and you move him out. We don't, we don't need you today. We don't need you now. So then you, okay, let me ask this question. When you worship God, when you worship, I mean truly worship God like, like I pray that we all do, but I know we do here together. When you worship God, you bring in his presence. Am I right about it? And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Come on, and at his right hand, there are what? So when you worship God, you get his presence, his joy, and his and pleasures. So whatever you worship, you get what it has. Come on, catch up with me. So when you worship God, you get what he has. So when you worship demons, which that's what all false gods are, when you worship demons, you get what they have. So in their presence, there's fullness of sadness and grief and despair and sickness and hopelessness and disease. And at their right hand, there are displeasures and diseases and plagues evermore. Y'all better hear that. So whatever you worship determines what atmosphere you get to enjoy. So the devil tries to get people to worship everything but God. So now, the biggest thing going on on a Sunday, Steve, is not church. It's the NFL. But guess what? All the false gods. Now listen, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a sports uh, watcher. I always call, call myself a fan. I used to be a fan. I'm not a sports fan anymore. I'm, I, I watch it if I feel like it. I don't have to have it. Um, but to most of the world, that temple and altar of entertainment dominates the world. It definitely dominates the United States of America. So the NBA? Remember when the, when the children of Israel, uh, they had the, the Ark of the Covenant, and the Philistines had stolen the Ark of the Covenant, and the Philistines took it and put it in the temple of their god, Dagon, Dagon, and they went the next morning and, and they saw Dagon, their false god, had fallen, boom. So what did they do? And watch what you're going to see here in a, in a little while. They propped it up. Yeah. 
And so what you're going to see them doing in our nation is try to prop up. Let, let's, let, let's save the season. Let's save the league. They're trying to prop up that entertainment temple. And it wouldn't be bad if people weren't worshiping at it. It's not evil in and of itself. But the moment people start worshiping that, people are, Pastor, I ain't going to make church on Sunday because I'm going to the Bucks game. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I, got, I got tickets to the Bucks game. Go right ahead. Huh? Oh, y'all quiet. Pastor, I mean, it's churches all over town. If Pastor, go, he, he go past 12 o'clock, the deacons look at him mad because they know 1 o'clock, the Bucks game start or whatever, kickoff start. You need to hurry up so I can get home. They've left the worship of God and worship at the altar of the Baals. It's the false gods. So, so, <laughs> y'all don't get mad at me, please. I, <laughs> We're getting ready for a showdown, at least. I said, we're getting ready for a showdown. And so, these false gods are out there, Universal and Disney. Pastor, I'm really going, we're not good. A church like, I remember growing up, church like, a day like today, fifth Sunday? I already been to church four Sundays? Fifth Sunday, you're going to church, I'm going to Bush Gardens. Fifth Sunday, I already been to church four Sunday. I'm going to, I have people tell me that. You remember some people, my family used to tell me that. Um, we're going to Bush Gardens, it's fifth Sunday. We already, we already been four Sundays. So you're going to forsake the worship of God and go worship the python and the scorpion. And Now see, to people, when I say this, is somebody online mad right now, but when I say this, they think, well, no, no big deal. Okay, maybe in, 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 in your mind. But in the grand scheme of things, Whenever you forsake the worship of God and you begin to worship other things, you are in idolatry. And idolatry invites famine and drought and pestilence and disease and plagues. Whereas God's worship invites joy and pleasures and blessing and fruitfulness and multiplication. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? They followed the bells. Hollywood. You might as well not even watch TV. It's all reruns now. Am I right? This is all reruns because they, they, they can't make it in vain. Are you seeing all these temples, all these altars that have been erected, have been shut down? Hollywood mocks Jesus. Now, they, they won't mock Muhammad, but they'll mock Jesus. We built altars to science and medicine. Now, to speak of creationism and intelligent design, you're seen as the fool. If you believe in God creating the heavens and the earth. In, in, the, in the government, in the educational system, if you believe in creation, you are a fool. 
I wish I had some more excited to preach about today. Because they worship at the altar of science. Evolution, Big Bang. That's all it's got here. Explosion happened and all this came about. How could you be an idiot and not believe in the Big Bang? You're an idiot. You're a fool to believe in intelligent design. That God would intelligently design us like we are. Am I right about this? Now, Let's go to something here. Y'all still in 1 Kings 18? Yes, sir. Help me, Holy Ghost. He said, you follow the bells. Now go to verse 19. Go to verse 19. Because uh-huh. I told you there's a, show, a showdown coming here. Yes, sir. Pastor Joshua, there's a showdown coming. He's getting men like you ready. It says verse 19. Verse 19. Now therefore, this is Elijah talking. He's talking to the king, but now he talks and says, Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. He's calling for a showdown. Now watch this. I want you to see this. Watch this, Shante. He says, the 450 prophets of Baal, in other words, Baal has prophets that promote his agenda. The media, they promote their prophets. Professors in school anymore, they're prophets of Baal. In Hollywood, they're prophets of Baal. Now the, now the athletes, because the athletes are not, we, we don't just play basketball anymore. Now we speak to all these issues. Now they're prophets of Baal. And I understand athletes should be doing more than dribble basketball. I understand you're more intelligent than that. But what, what, on the wrong side of it, instead of being a prophet of God, you are a prophet of Baal. And I don't care how big a name you got, I don't care. If you're not talking God's word, you are a prophet of Baal. Now watch this. This is what you got to catch. He says, prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. Watch this. Watch this, mom who eat at Jezebel's table. This is what you got to catch. The prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah, they eat at Jezebel's table, which means they are endorsed, funded, sent by the false religion, by government. Now, I'm talking to you about being, thank you, Holy Ghost, I didn't even see that. That's why it's so dangerous, and I'm so glad the Lord gave us wisdom. Don't get up in this 501c3 stuff. And throughout the church, they push churches. You need to get a 501c3. There's no law that tells us we have to get, be a 501c3. Because the moment you become a 501c3, you are, on, you are at the government's table. Yeah. 
I'm talking about as churches. Now, if you're, some of y'all might have nonprofits. Your nonprofits, they, you, by force, you have to do that to a degree. I'm talking about a, a church, though, with a prophetic uh, bent to it, a prophetic church that's going to be free cannot be at Jezebel's table. Now, you got to see this. Elijah is setting up a showdown with those who are at Jezebel's table against him, which implies I'm not at Jezebel's table. I don't need your endorsement. I don't need your stamp of approval. I don't need your seal of approval. I don't need your funding. I don't need you to feed me. I'm going to show you this in the preparation. I've learned how to live on God's supply. So I'm not worried about you taking away my tax exemption. See, I'm telling you what, what the church is not awake right now as a whole. They're thinking this is just, just stream for a couple weeks. This is not about just streaming for a couple weeks. This is the showdown that's been prophesied. I need you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the last days. What we sang about for the last 30 or 40 years, what our parents and grandparents sang about these last days, this is it. We are here right now. We're coming to the time right now where you're going to make, make some decisions about you and your family. Where those of you, you're, well, when they, soon they open school back, we're going we're gonna to open school back. You're going to make a choice about your kids going back to school. You better hear what this preacher is saying to you. Because you're going to choose whether to make sure they have the vaccine or not. That's what they're going to tell you. The only way you go, your kid be able to go back to school is they're going to have this vaccine. What you going to do, saint? But you're going to choose child of God. All this preacher you've been teaching, you've been giving for the last five, ten years. What you going to do now? If you're going to travel, you have to get this vaccine to travel. Or you're going to drive everywhere. See, I need you to hear me and, don't, and, and don't, don't just be on vacation during this time. This isn't vacation time. This is us to be, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. What's, what's happening? Holy Ghost, show me what's happening here. We are preparing for a showdown. I told y'all some of this, some of this thing I told y'all years ago. I would say things years ago like, what, what you gonna do when you're on your job and they ask you what do you feel about abortion? Yes, sir. What do you feel about same-sex marriage? What, what, I, I remember years ago I tell y'all that. What, what are you gonna do when they ask you that? Because see, you, you, can, you can be quiet and don't say anything, but what, what do you do when they ask you? Are you ready to give an answer to the hope of your calling? Well, if I say what I really believe, then I might lose my job. Well, what if? See, this is what God's been getting us ready for for the last several years. 
It's here. Tell your neighbor, it's here, baby. <laughs> y'all, didn't, y'all didn't catch it. It's here, baby. And the happy thing about that is I know Jesus Christ is coming real soon. Not to rescue us, but to receive us. So what are we going to do? He said these other prophets sit at Jezebel's table. They live off of the government. Their, their lifestyle is tied to Baal worship. Their lifestyle isn't tied to the true and living God. Their, life, their whole lifestyle depends. Even if one of them gets an inkling like this ain't right, you can't say nothing. Got to keep carving that wood. Got to keep lighting them candles. Because when my lifestyle depends on that, I, I, what, what, if, what if I lose my funding? What if, what if, what if I lose my, my stipend? What, what, if I, what if I lose my job? What, what if, what if, what if they, they take my house? What, what, if, what, if, what, if, what if they kill me? 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 Put Revelation 12 on the screen. Revelation 12, right around verse 10. 10, 11, and 12. I'm going to go with probably a few verses. Let's start at verse 10. I, I, we'll start there. Give me Revelation 12. Uh, let's start, I think, at verse 10. Glory to God. Are y'all listening today? Praise God. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of this Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been what? Verse 11, please. Verse 11. And they overcame him. Now, how many, y'all, you heard this in church about overcoming the devil? Overcoming the devil? Yeah, it's great. But they overcame him by? One. What? But of the lamb. Two. And three. It's all three. People talk all the time about the blood of the lamb. The blood still works. The blood. Word of our testimony. Yeah, we're going to testify. Yes, yeah, we're going to. And we, we confess and all that kind of stuff. But this last part, you never hear that in a song. They love not their lives to the death. Other words, the people who overcame Satan weren't scared to die. I say, but what if you die? For what you believe. Let me give you my answer. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The only reason I, I have to stay here is for you. That's what Paul, Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1. He said, I have a desire to leave, but it's more needful for me to stay here with you. Only reason I mean, Paul said, I want to go. He said, the only reason I'm staying here is for you. you I love my wife and I love my kids, but I can tell you this unequivocally. I'd much rather be in heaven right now. I'd much rather be in heaven right now. 
And I hope my wife would too. And I hope my children would too. But it's more needful for us to be here. You got it? So we can't love our lives to the death. Now, think about not just your lives, but let me throw another word, your lifestyle. Many of the people that's right now feeling threatened this morning, they're not threatened by their lives being taken. They're threatened by their lifestyle being taken. I can't, I can't do that. If I do that, boy, I'm going to lose my members. If I do that, I ain't going to get no more engaged. If I do, if I lose, do that, I'm going to lose my followers on Instagram. I'm going to lose my followers on YouTube. That's going to affect my lifestyle. I can't buy any shirts like I used to buy. I, we, some, some singer the other day talking about, I ain't, I ain't got no, no engagements. I, ain't, I can't buy no shirt. I ain't got no engagements. All my, all my concerts been canceled. You mean you buying shirts based on concerts? See, their lifestyles, not their lives. They know it. So, so far, nobody threatened their lives. Only threat right now is everybody's lifestyle. And they're freaking out because they're not willing to give up their lifestyles to overcome Satan. Yeah, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm just going to dog on it, Sam. If every church in America would have some gall, they would say, Mr. President, Mr. Governor, Mr. Mayor, we are all going to meet in this church and we're going to pray till the power of God hits. And if you got to arrest us, arrest us. If you Do whatever because I'm not afraid to give up my lifestyle to overcome Satan. People talking about not going to church because they're scared of being arrested. Do you remember the 60s? Do you remember the civil rights movement? Scared of being arrested, they, they were under the threat of being bombed every Sunday. Churches being bombed across America, they're afraid of being bombed every Sunday. You, you scared? You scared? You scared of ticking off the mayor? You scared of ticking off the president? Because you know, I'm a, we, a lot, lot of national known pastors. They on the president's advisory board, and the president suggested something, and they all shut down like little old pansies. Because I'm on the president's advisory board. I'm on the president's evangelical advisory board, and I don't want to go against the president. See, no, you don't want to mess with your lifestyle. Having your name on his board affords you a certain lifestyle. You ain't ready for the showdown. I almost called this message today shut down or showdown. Because what most of them chose to do was shut down instead of have a showdown. See, but I don't love my life to the death. My lifestyle comes from God. So if God gave it, then the world can't take it away. Y'all getting this here? Now I know it's going to take me two weeks to preach this, so I'm, I'm just going to take my time. My, 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 my lifestyle is not, 
my lifestyle still surprises me. Every day I'm like, Lord, how have you done this, what you've done? God, it's just, it's just awesome what you've done. And I give God thanks. I don't thank the government. I don't thank the mayor. And no, don't get me wrong. I am thankful today for our mayor. I am thankful today for our county commission. I am extremely thankful. If anyone catches this message, I'm thankful for you. I'm praying for every one of you. Because it took a bold step to strike a balance between fear and functioning. That they, they, they enabled us to continue meeting like this. We made all the little CDC adjustments. We did all that kind of stuff. That's, that's fine. But, but we, we, we were not going to let anything shut down. Because I don't eat at Jezebel's table, Chris. God is my source. God is my source. Come on, say it. God is my source. Thank you, Lord. And you got to master this before you're ready for the showdown. Now, oh my God. Go to 1 Kings 18, 24. Here's a showdown, what he said. Then you call on the name of your gods. Try science. See if science can come up with something for this thing here. Y'all got research. We got the best doctors. Call the Mayo Clinic. Try John Hopkins. Go over to Oxford. See if they got something over there in Oxford that'll... Try the ancient Chinese medicines that they have. See, 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 see all, get all your research hospitals together. Try, check, check the Harvard Medical, Yale and Princeton. Check, just get them all. Get Stanford. Stanford's got a good medical school. Let's see, USC, see, see what they have. See if they can come up with something because we're, our nation, our world is being ravaged. Sure, they, they can come up with an idea here in a couple days, right? <laughs> Check the best schools we have. Check our best virologists on the planet. Virologists, they start study these viral things, these viruses. Check the best one. Get, get the best minds together. Get the CDC to best, the best minds. Get the WHO. Get the best minds in the world. Doctor Who. The World Health Organization. Doctor Who. Get them together. See if they can come up with some kind of answer to this. Call on your gods. Tell you what, okay, we, that ain't working yet so far, so let's get all the athletes. We're going to donate millions and millions of dollars. And they, they should if they want to. It ain't helping. Why? They're, again, we're looking to them to do something. We're, look, we're looking for the NFL to save us. Looking for the NBA to save us. We're looking for Hollywood. Somebody save us. Somebody save us. They can't because they're still calling on their gods. There is only one name we can call that will deliver us out of this trial. He said, so you call the name of your gods. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to meet on Sunday and Wednesday. And we're going to call on the name of the Lord. And here's the deal. And the God who answers. He could have stopped there. Because the truth is, that God wasn't going to answer by fire, by water, by rainbow, by sun, by sleep, by hell, by insect, by nothing. They gods couldn't, they gods had ears but could not hear. Eyes but could not see. Hands but they could not touch. God said back in Isaiah, how goofy is it for your gods? You go and get a tree and cut it down. Chop your piece of, your, of that tree that I made. Carve your image in it. Set it up on a stand. And then take the rest of it and put it in the fire to warm yourself. God, his words are, how stupid is that? For you to worship the creation, not the creator. So he said, and the God who answers, we could have left it there. But he said, the God who answers by fire. I want you to be specific. We're not going to say the God who answers by a cool wind blowing because you might, a wind might blow, you might, might think, no, that was just coincidence. I don't want to be any coincidental answer here. The God who answers by rain. No, you might think, well, just the clouds was in the air and the rain just came. No, 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 no. Let's make, let's make this clear. The God who answers by fire. Because fire doesn't just happen. He is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Deal. This is a showdown. This is a showdown that we are about to be engaged in. This is a showdown that God has been trying, in many ways successfully trying, to prepare his people for for years. Now I don't, it's, it's 12.34, I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but I want to show you just maybe a little bit of this today. Um, I mean my clock is, I'm actually out, I'm on all zeros. Uh, let me just show you one thing. I'll show you one thing. And I know but all the online people are bored now. They want to flip channels. Now, remember what he said? The prophets in chapter 18, they sit at Jezebel's table. Go back to 1 Kings 17. Let me just give you one, one part of this. One part of this. The Holy Ghost will tell me when to unhook. Is that, is that all right? I just, I just want to make sure I get you charged up. Because God has been preparing us for this. And it's, it's, it's a showdown for, I mean, for sure. And they've struck him. They've, they've struck. The, 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 the enemy has already struck. See, if you think that this is a two-week thing, you're, you're mistaken. 
That was just a trick to get everybody to sign on to it. To try to, try to keep people calm. Just, this just for two weeks. Because if the devil had come out and said, hey, we're shutting down for six months. What? What? I mean, you think people have been hoarding toilet paper. They've been shooting for toilet paper around here now. I mean, I, I told you this Wednesday night to the, all the parents in school. If you think April 15th, 16th, the kids go back to school, I'm, I'm sorry. They're not. They're not going back to school. There, there are counties and, and even whole states now throughout America who are saying that's it for the year. They've come out this week and announced that's it for the year. It's done. And in fact, they're telling them, really, the year is a wash for even education. They said, so any work your kids do at school is just for their own enrichment. It's not even counting. This is what they're now saying. This is not us speculating. This is what they're now saying. They're saying that we're done. Kids who are 12th graders, they were going to graduate, just go ahead and graduate. No, ain't no, there's no exams. No end of year requirements. Just go ahead and graduate them. Just send them out there. Because they know, send them out there to what? Are you following what I'm saying to you? Corporations that are putting people on hold till April 24th or whatever. If you thinking your corporation about to open up again, I'm just telling you. See, Jesus said, "When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth?" You better have your faith already in high gear. And if you think that by Easter. They're going to open churches back up. You got another thing coming. President said, now this is to me part of his, his fault. See, I'm, I'm not on his advisory board, and I don't really like him that much. So I'm just telling you. I, I'm just, just going to tell you, I, I voted for him because I, I agree with some of the things he said, but I don't, I don't like the man as a man. So I, I'm not, and I'm not beholden to anybody. I'm not, I'm not, I don't owe anybody nothing, so I can just say what I want to say. So put it out there and let the chips fall where they may. I don't, I don't like his attitude. I don't like his mouth. I don't like his disposition. I don't like how he talks to people. I don't like his disrespect for people. I don't like it. He couldn't be a leader in my church and I let him keep leading. You follow what I'm saying? So all these pastors there, who the president? I don't want to hear it. Because you won't let him be on your board. So let's just be honest. So he's the one that put out this whole 10-day thing and then called the churches. 1,500 churches had him on a conference call and asked him to shut down for two weeks. Now he comes back and says, well, we, wouldn't it be great to have everybody open by Easter? You blew it. You messed it up. They would have been open at Easter, but you put them down. You had the churches stand down. So if you think that by Easter, they're going to all of a sudden open everything back up, 
sorry. So if you pastors and churches and all of us, if we've not learned how to live by faith, it's going to be hard. In 1 Kings 18, uh, I think, what, what was it, 18? What was that verse we were in? It said they, they all the ones would sit at Jezebel's table. 19? 18, 19, they sit at Jezebel's table. All right, now go back to 1 Kings 17 and verse 1. Now, you understand what I'm saying? Come, come this year, come this November, you know, I'm not 501c3. I can, say, I can say what I want to say. I'm not scared of being put out of the church or being put out of America. Uh, come this November, if I got a choice between uh, Trump and Joe Biden, I'm voting for Trump again. Not because I like him. Not, it's not because I like him at all. It's because of his stances on certain issues. You understand? Other than that, Yeah, give me a pence. Y'all follow what I'm saying to you? And I may lose friends and colleagues and all that kind of stuff, but that's all right. Look at 17, verse 1. And Elisha the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. The prophet running the climate. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Now, remember what I showed you here. Elijah referenced people who were being fed Jezebel's table. He was not. So he's got to live by faith. So God, when this drought and famine hits, he sends... Uh, he, he sends Elijah into social distancing. God shut him down. Sent him into isolation. He said, go down and hide. Go down and hide. By the brook what? Cherith. So he's going to learn some things here at Cherith. He's being prepared. Remember, 18 is a showdown. So 17 is preparation for the showdown. Now I'm showing you what has happened to you. I'm just going to give you one part of it today. So go down to the brook Cherith. Now that word Cherith is the Hebrew word Cherith, which comes from the Hebrew word uh, Karath, which means, listen, listen to this, to cut, cut off, to cut down, to cut off a body part. To cut out, eliminate, kill, cut a covenant. So I'm sending you down here to a place of cutting, of separation, a place of hiding, a place of isolation. Now watch this. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Cherith is a place where you break up with the world. It's the place you break up with the world. Thank you. Yes, sir. And many believers, 
will not be prepared for a showdown because they've never gone through Cherith. They've never gone through a breaking up with the world. They've never gone into an, a hiding, an isolation, a separation, a division from the world. They love their lives and they love their lifestyles and their lives are intertwined with the world so much they couldn't see themselves breaking away from that. But as for me, at my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to be intertwined with that world. You can have the whole world. Give me Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that what we used to sing in the song? I have decided to follow Jesus. You take this whole world. Give me Jesus. See, so this place of Cherith where God sent him is a place, it's a place of cutting. Of cutting off. Cutting down. Cut off a body part like circumcision. To cut out. What things does God need you to cut out right now? In fact, here's the thing. What things are already being, being cut out? What things are already being eliminated right now from your life? But what things does he need you to kill off? Because you know you can be at home and still be a heathen. You can be at home and still be getting all kind of stuff. The internet still works. So being at home does not get you away from this lifestyle. So there are things you have to do. Eliminate, kill. But notice the other part it says here is the cut of covenant. So this chair is a place where you break up with the world and bind yourself to God. I want you to see that. I'm breaking up with the world and I'm going to bind myself with God. This is what Elijah has to go through before he gets to the showdown. And it's all personal. He said, go hide yourself. This is him by himself. This isn't prayer meeting with everybody. This isn't corporate worship with everybody. This is him by himself. Some decisions he's got to make. Some things that he has to learn while he's by himself. It means he has to take everything that he's ever learned and, and, and uh, received as he's walked with God in times past. And now he's got to apply those things in a one-on-one -on -one time with just him and God. I'm telling you, you're in a position right now where you one-on-one -on -one with God. We got a lot of time to yourself, you and God. You got to be coming to some, some agreements here. God, I'm not, I'm not going to depend on this work check. I'm looking for somebody. God, I'm not depending on what the government can do for me. I found out I can't depend on the health care system. I can't depend on my, my stocks. Oh, I invest in oil, Pastor Rowe. Invest in oil. Remember, I remember oil just a few months ago was like sixty-seven to eighty dollars a barrel. Yesterday, it's twenty-one dollars eighty-four cents a barrel. Energy stocks, yeah, that's safe. I hope y'all are hearing me today. I hope you are being awakened by what's going on. Because what's happened for a long time is the church has been lulled to sleep. And we've concerted our way through things, conferenced our way through things, but not cut our way 
away from things, not been in covenant with God. We've been in covenant with the world on things. In the church. Men of God, women of God, who sell their souls for a crowd. But Elijah, to get ready, needs you to go hide yourself. Get by yourself. I'm going to teach you something about faith by yourself. This isn't for you to preach yet, Elijah. Y'all missed that. This isn't for you to preach yet, Elijah. Too many times preachers, preachers just, they're they going to go preach something they have not learned themselves. They're going to write a book and have conversations on something they've not mastered themselves. So God said, Elijah, I need you to go get by yourself. I'm going, I'm going to teach you something let you master some things before I send you over there to Zarephath. Now, Zarephath is the place he's going, he going to lead a ministry. But before you do that, I got to get you by yourself. So you can cut away some things out of your life. <laughs> so you can kill some things off that would get in the way of your worldwide ministry. God knew the showdown was coming. God was getting Elijah ready for the showdown. So he had to send him to a place where he shut him down. All right, just me and you. Here's what I'm going to do, Elijah. Because you're not at Jezebel's table. But I got you. Go to the brook. And you can get water, all the water you need from the brook. Fresh water. From the brook every day. Here's what I'm going to do for you to make sure you don't starve. See, because you're not getting a check like them other prophets. You don't have the, you're not an influencer like these other prophets. But I got some ravens that I'm going to command to take care of you. They're going to bring you bread and meat in the morning and they're going to bring you bread and meat in the evening. Now as I learned from my spiritual dad, it makes so much sense to me all, all the more now that if there's a famine and a drought going on, where are they getting this bread and meat from? They're going to Jezebel's table. Because last I checked, ravens don't cook. They don't bake. So they got to go somewhere where there's already some fresh baked bread and some freshly prepared meat and bring it to Elijah. So what happened was, it, it was standing the reason then that what was, what was Jezebel's is being taken. You better catch what's happening here, ladies and gentlemen. That what was Jezebel's and what had been on her prophets is being taken and is going to be now given to the true prophet of God. So here's what you got to see. As dad prophesied years ago, God's bankrupted the devil. So what the devil has had, what he's had in his possession, what he's been controlling is now about to be taken from him and put into the hands of the true people of God who are not going to bow down to Baal, not going to bow down to Asherah, they're not going to bow down to Jezebel, they won't bow down to Ahab, they're going to serve the only true and living God and my God shall supply all your needs. 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So he had to trust every single day, drink this water, and get this bread and this meat every day. He couldn't write a book about it. He couldn't do a, do a vlog about it. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't start a YouTube channel about it and preach, and he couldn't host a conference about it. This is just him and God. Him and God. Him and God. He's learning to be totally independent of the world. Totally independent. Thank you, Holy Ghost. If you remember before, Elijah ran a school of prophets. That school of prophets' job was to make sure Elijah, the master prophet, always ate. Elijah didn't go out and get food. Elijah didn't go out and get his supplies. The school of prophets did. And God said, come over here by yourself. You can't depend on nobody but me. Because for the showdown, you have to make sure you know that when everything shuts down, I'm going to take care of you. Let me finish right here. When you hide in Cherith, there's no fans and no friends and no followers. It's just faith. Your faith can't grow without you cutting out all sources of fear and unbelief. So God had him hide himself because there was a drought. But God had him hide himself. And in hiding himself, he's able to learn about God's divine supply. So that from then on out, he'd be independent of any source but God. Y'all got it? Now, let me finish by saying this. Some of you remember, if you, if you read the Bible, beyond those chapters, 17, he's getting them ready. 18 is a showdown. In 19, you see where he's, he's running for his life. Now, those, because he killed <laughs> all of Jezebel's prophets. He killed, killed them all. I mean, he, he slaughtered them. Had them come, just kill them. Now he's running by himself. He's by himself again. After the showdown, he's by himself again. But what does God do with the showdown? After the showdown, he sends an angel now to feed him. Are y'all catching this, what I'm saying to you? He's learned divine supply. So he wasn't scared of the showdown because by now he knows God will supply my needs. After the showdown, he's going to show them over and over again. Now, you come back Wednesday. I'm going to get into this Wednesday night, probably, unless he tells me to save it until Sunday. I'm going to get into Zarephath, because if you can get through Cherith, your train is not done. You get promoted to Zarephath. But Zarephath is a whole other level of learning. Whole other place of development. And when you get through Zarephath, then you're ready for the showdown. Amen? Amen.
Y'all receive that today? Yes. Will you get on your feet and give God a hand of praise if you receive the word of God yes. for today? Praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Now, I'm just, I'm just grateful again that, that I've um, learned how to preach not for a response or for reaction, rather, but for a response. In other words, I don't have to have you run around the church flipping over pews to know that I preached. I've learned that the word of God is, is sufficient by itself. And my job is to release the word of God and for you to allow the word of God to penetrate your own spirit and then producing you what he sent it to produce. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You've been born for this day. Acts 17, 26 says that God already pre-appointed the times and the places where you would live. So he needed you to be here, but he needed you to be here now. So you and I are in the earth for now. We weren't around for slavery time. We weren't around in the medieval times. We were around for now. We're the generation of those who God is raising up for this end, end days showdown. There's no need to fear. Oh, no, no need to fear whatsoever. No need for you and me to be afraid, not, of, not only of a virus, of, but of the government, of, of man, of anybody. There's no, no need for it. There's no, there's no need for it. No need for it. If God be for us, who? Who can be against us? So he is for us. He will fight for us and give us the victory. I'm believing God that in this house we'll be among those. We're not the only ones, trust me. We're not the only, you know, at that, when you read back in, in, in 1 Kings uh, 17, 18, 19, uh, Elijah thought he was the only one. Lord, I'm the only one that hadn't bowed the knee to Baal. And God said, man, I got guys over, over there that they ain't bowed themselves either. You just can't see them. In other words, you might at times feel like I'm the only one. Has anybody felt like that in, among your family, among your friends? You're like, God, I'm the only one. Well, you're not the only one. You can look around you already and know you're not the only ones. But we can also, uh, we know that even among churches and pastors, we're not the only ones. And there, there are some churches and pastors who they were ordered. I mean, absolutely, or there's no way they can meet. So there's, I'm not talking about people like that. I'm not talking about people like that. God has people even those who are, there might be some of those underground churches meeting. Pastor, again, we don't know. People who are going to stay in faith. And they're fighting this good fight of faith. Whether we see them online or not, they're fighting this good fight of faith. There are people who've been interceding for 30 years. Y'all hear me? There are people who've been interceding for 30 years for this time. Who they saw it coming. So, it's God's time. It's our time, and the showdown is about to happen, and my Lord is getting us ready for that great day. <laughs> Amen? Now, Father, I ask you today, Lord, to, 
take this word that we've put in our hearts and put more light on it for us. Give us more light. Give us more revelation. Give us more wisdom, more understanding about the word. I pray that you cause this word to become really big in our hearts. God, that, that we would not be vacationing in our mind right now. That we not be on a leisure schedule right now. But realizing, Father, that God, we're, in a, we're really in a time of war. We're in a time of war right now. And that God, we know that you will and your people will prevail. You said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so, God, we stand in confidence that we will win. And we already have the victory assured and guaranteed for us. Now, I pray for each person in this room and those watching us today online who were not able to be here. I pray, Father, that God, that you strengthen every one of us. That God, you... As we go through our time at Cherith, that, Lord, you'd show us what things must be cut away, what things must be cut off, what things we must kill off, what things we must eliminate so that we can, Lord, be in a place of, of cutting that covenant with you, Lord, that place where we bind ourselves to you. God, we pray that today you would show us how to eliminate whatever thing is wasteful, whatever thing is, is um, uh, not expedient. You, you said in your word, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Show us where the things are not expedient that we got to get rid of, attitudes and thoughts that we've had, unbelief that's been in our lives, so that, God, we can operate at, at a level that shows we're ready for the showdown. Hallelujah. God, thank you that, God, you're building yourself, Lord, an exceeding great army in the earth. Not only, not only us, but there are, there are others, Lord, who are all over this land, this nation, this world, who are also feeling this sense, this, this sense that it's, it's time for the showdown and that we will not back down. We will not draw back. God, we know that as we, you told us, Lord, to put on the whole armor of God. This is what it's all about. This armor we've been preaching about, this is what it's all about, Father. This, this sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, this shield of faith, this helmet of, 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 of salvation, this breastplate of righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for our loins girt about with truth and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, we are able to be armed and ready for whatever is before us. And we will not fear what can man do to us. But Lord, our faith is in you, Lord. Thank you all of our needs will always be, will be met, will be supplied, our desires will be granted. We will not decrease, we will increase. We will not diminish, but God will go higher and higher in you. And Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus Christ that God, you continue to strengthen us with might by your spirit and our inner man, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And put those hands together one more time, please, and give God a grant of praise for the word.